if you are located outside of the European Union, the United Kingdom and or Switzerland, then you need an authorized representative. So I have a good news, you have found it with Easy Medical Device. And if you are also in need of an importer in Europe and in Switzerland, then contact us definitely at info at easymedicaldevice.com. I-N-F-O at easymedicaldevice.com and I'm sure we can help you. Welcome to the Medical Device Made Easy Podcast. I am Munir Alazuzi, a medical device expert specialized on quality and regulatory affairs. My mission is to help you learn how to place a compliant medical device on the market. For that, I share with you my experience and the one of others on this podcast. Are you ready for your dose of regulation and standards today? Okay, so let the show begin. Welcome to the Medical Device Made Easy podcast. Here is Munir Lazuzi from easymedicaldevice.com and today we'll do the May 2023 update. But before to start, I want to thank our sponsor Medboard for providing us all the information that we'll show today. So who is Medboard? Medboard, the regulatory research and intelligence platform, is focused on solving the problem with increasing news and data and new requirements as regulatory intelligence, post-market surveillance, clinical literature review and many more. We are making trusted MedTech information and data more accessible, creating the largest information portal search and the best tools for review, intelligence and portfolio management. We are already changing people's lives like you by reducing tedious manual and repetitive work or saving much time. Contact us at medboard.com to learn more about us and do a free trial. Okay. Today, we'll talk about uh, the notified bodies. I mean, team notified bodies, so team NB is providing the usual uh, survey that they are doing every year. So the survey 2022. And there are a lot of information that you can see there if you are interested to understand exactly more about what's the situation for notified bodies, but also for manufacturers. So we have a lot of graphs that we can try to show to you now. Uh, we have the breakdown of notified body sizes. We have, and we can see here that uh, we have a lot of big notified bodies and a lot of small, I mean, uh, small ones that are uh, mainly uh, not, um, uh, yeah, there are a lot of also small ones. So 51% in the distribution. Uh, we have um, big ones that have around uh, 1,000 certificates and small ones that have around 350 certificates, a bit less. Uh, we have also the evolution of the number of valid CE certificates. And here we can see that there is a drop. So mainly, I suppose, because a lot of certificates are starting to expire. This, just for you, this survey was done before the extension uh, of the UMDR um, that uh, was announced uh, last month. So mainly this was maybe um, the consequence of that, but I suppose there will be a lot of those uh, certificates that expired that are now uh, coming back uh, to live. We have also the certificates that are split under the three directives and we can see that MDD is mainly the one that has most of the certificates, so 91%. Um, also the ISO certificates, ISO 13485 certificates, and we see that there is a, um, a hike again, so it's, it's going up again with 19,450 certificates that were issued in 2022 with the 33 notified bodies. Uh, the number of manufacturers split, uh, we have 2,321 manufacturers under MDR. Uh, and still 14,089 under MDD and AIMDD, which means that the transition will be huge really for, 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 this, uh, for this category. Uh, the, st the number between uh, IVDD and IVDR is stable. So IVDD 975 and IVDR 
872 so it's not uh, there is not a no you got no huge gap there so but uh, there are still less notified body for ivdr also so uh, the access to notified body by sme so big companies are around 26% of the notified bodies and 74% is for small and medium uh, companies. Um, we have also a view of the staff that is increasing uh, with the uh, notified bodies and we saw that in 2021 there was a drop and now in 2022 there is again um, uh, some some increase there. Uh, I suppose in 2021 is because uh, uh, the uh, MDD certificates or notified bodies were maybe uh, stopped. Uh, some of them were stopped so it's why a lot of people were out and now it goes back again because maybe they are hired again by some new notified bodies and there are more notified bodies under MDR also so it may be mainly also the one of the reasons. We have also a check about the completeness of the technical file so when you are sending a technical file to the notified bodies they have to review if everything is fine and a lot of them are not complete uh, so it's why also um, it's important for you to understand that um, if you are missing to provide the right information the first time from a notified uh, for a notified body um, they may take longer for uh, reviewing everything and it may cost you also a lot more money because many they will take more time for for doing that and remember that when you look at the prices sometimes it's written up an hourly rate so many this is why if you are not doing it right the first time this can cost you also a lot of money there uh, we have also the process of transition between MDD, AIMDD and MDR and we see that yeah there is a big hike now in 2022. Uh, same for IVDD and IV, uh, IVDR and uh, we have also the expiration of directives, certificates and we can see here that yeah there are a huge number, there is a huge number that will be expiring in 2024 but as we said now with the extension those should not expire anymore because normally if the notified if the manufacturers are doing their job correctly they will uh, have an agreement with notified body they will receive a letter from notified body saying that the certificate is not expired anymore and that they can go until 2027 uh, or 2028 uh, so yeah there are a lot of if 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 so uh, be careful of uh, of all those uh, kind of things but if you want to see the report go to the show notes and just click on, on the link okay the ndcg planning is available for uh, this month i mean for this uh, end of this year um i mean we see this planning but there is there are less and less mdcg guidance that are released but if you look at this planning there are mainly the uh, still a lot of meetings coming so meetings on annex 16 uh, meetings on pms and vigilance on udamed on new technologies on ivd on udi clinical investigation evaluation and borderline um, and classification for 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 devices so I suppose there are still a lot of guidances coming. So um, what is always amazing me is the fact that the EUMDR was put in place to uh, provide more clarity, more information, more details about how uh, to apply it. But we still need a lot of guidances to interpret each chapter, each sentences or each things which can be a bit annoying sometimes because then at the end it's like, okay, we have already tripled the number of pages between MDD and AIM and, and uh, MDR. And now we have still more pages due to the guidances that we have also to read, understand and interpret to then apply uh, the regulation. So yeah, more guidances to come and we'll see exactly how, how they are coming. But uh, if you want to see the planning, go to, go to the show notes directly. Okay, if you haven't looked at that, again, uh, there is um, a guidance or um, a best practice a position paper made by the team NB, which is about technical documentation. There is one for MDR and one for IVDR. So this is really great document that will explain to you 
uh, how you should normally prepare a technical documentation for a notified body. Um, this is um, mainly a document that you can find uh, on the team NB. There, there are a lot of a lot of guidance and of open document there. But this document is one if you are really one making. Uh, those technical files. There is really a, a breakdown by chapters, what exactly should be there, what uh, information are, are, are you need to have there. So if you plan in future or if you are already working on a technical file, um, go and look at this uh, guideline. They are also updating that, I, I don't know which version they are now, maybe three or four, uh, where they are really updating uh, when there is new information they are trying to update also uh, the content of, of this document. So don't hesitate to look at that. Finland, they are issuing by um, May 2nd an electronic submission system for medical devices. Um, so, some of you will maybe ask why, because there is the UDAMED database. Um, the only thing is that um, this is mainly for uh, self-manufacturers, if I can say, so uh, class one devices also, uh, for custom-made devices that are placed in the, in the country, uh, for distributors that are liable to file some notifications, for um, but mainly the point is that any other thing should be normally going to UDAMED. So this is mainly for managing um, local registration for the, for the products, etc. So I suppose all the other countries will do the same. Mainly UDAMED will be used for the, national, uh, for the European uh, registration. But anything that is more national that should be registered within the country and should be informed within the country, then they will still continue to use some uh, local, uh, local system. So, Finland is opening its local system. Uh, you can see that uh, from May 2nd, so a few days ago. Um, and then the objective is that each time you will be having those kind of uh, uh, notification to do, you have to do it on the local system, but then you will have also maybe to do it also on the UDAMED for, uh, for some of the, of the products. But for example, custom-made devices, they cannot be registered on UDAMED, so then they will have to be registered uh, within uh, this new platform. But you will see many other companies doing that. I think we talked about that for Spain also, uh, not companies, many other authorities doing that. So I think we talked about that for Spain, for other countries. Um, I suppose Germany will keep its DMIDI uh, system also. So a lot of system will be uh, also uh, available. Switzerland will create its uh, uh, Swiss Damed, <laughs> if I remember. So yeah, we thought that mainly UDAMED will solve the issue for all European Union, but apparently countries still need some local system there. France. So France is following the path of Germany, because Germany a uh, few years ago, or uh, we are starting, start to be a lot of time ago, uh, they have created what we call the DIGA uh, system, so that the objective is for them to reimburse the usage of um, digital applications like mobile applications that are used for healthcare. Now France is doing the same, they are following the same pathway, so uh, France is announcing that they will be working on the reimbursement uh, for, for that. Uh, it's a, a system where, it's the same system as Germany, because when I looked at it, it's mainly that the scope should be for medical devices, applications that are for therapeutic purpose or for monitoring uh, or pay of patients. Uh, also the prerequisite is the fact that uh, it should be CE marked, so it's not like you have to ask for it before CE marking, you have to have a CE mark uh, certificate, you have to be innovative also, you have to prove the benefit, so a clinical evaluation will be, uh, I think, interesting for that, prove the benefit of, of the product. That also is safe in terms of uh, exchange of data, so the, um, the um, yeah, patient information should be uh, stored in a certain way, cyber security should be there. So this is something that is uh, now uh, ongoing. So if you want to know more about it, it's in French, I didn't find it in English, but it's in French, you have the, the website, uh, in the within the French authority, 
that you can uh, you can look at that but i think it's a pathway that a lot of countries will be following because more and more we have some digital applications that are helping patients so it's not like they are just here to uh, to work but without really any any efficiency they are helping patients so instead of going to a doctor to make maybe some monitor or whatever those devices if they are ce marked if they are uh, really innovative they can maybe help patients and then having their reimbursement is kind of logical there Switzerland. So Switzerland is issuing uh, guidance in terms of IVD performance study. So when you are looking for doing some um, clinical study or performance study for your in vitro diagnostic device, you have to go to the market. You have to maybe collect some patient information, collect some patient samples or, or whatever. And then Switzerland is providing an explanation how you should do that with this guidance. Uh, so it's mainly how uh, the guidance is mainly how to provide an authorization for making those study available in Switzerland. But this is not only a Swiss thing, it's all countries that are doing that, they have their own requirements. I have um, worked with some customers, for example, for combination, uh, not combination, uh, companion diagnostic products where there is a drug and a device at the same time. Um, the idea is that uh, when you ask for making this uh, study within countries, you can see that in this country it's on that way, in this country it's on another way. So here is the way for Switzerland. But if you want to do that for any other countries, you have to go in a different uh, countries uh, and each country has its own regulation. So you have really to, uh, to, to look at that. Switzerland again, Switzerland is becoming or is uh, actually the, an official observer of the International Medical Device Regulatory Regulators Forum, so IMDRF. Uh, so um, there was a meeting um, last month about that uh, where uh, they were um, showing a lot of information about regulators. So uh, this is mainly uh, a group of uh, all the countries, all the member states that are grouping together to try to align in terms of regulations, uh, try to give some guidances on how to work on that. There are a lot of guidances that are issued that are used then for uh, UMDR also, for, uh, for example, vigilance reporting. We have all the codes uh, that we have to use in, in Europe for vigilance reporting that are in the IMDRF guidance also. So this is really a, good, uh, a group that is really helping a lot. And now Switzerland is becoming one of its um, official observer. Um, I don't know if there is then a, 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 a way to move forward, but I suppose this is just an interim situation and then they will become uh, official members or, or official, uh, officially part of the management uh, committee um, later. So mainly this is one step and then there will be another step. Um, if you look now uh, on the IMDRF website, there is a lot of um, uh, uh, slides or presentation that were done last month. So if you want still to look at that, you can go also uh, on the IMDRF website uh, where you see all the subjects that were discussed and maybe a potential um, view of new guidances that will be issued by them. UK now. So UK, we have a lot of change. I mean, a lot of change. We knew that UK has, uh, is now in a big transition for his healthcare uh, system. So now actually we have uh, a lot of questions about the transition between CE marking to UKCA. Um, next week we'll have a podcast uh, where we'll talk about specifically everything about UK and Europe, the transition, how it will be working, the deadlines, the timelines, etc. So here what we can say is that uh, normally, actually by law, um, the UKCA will be kicked off by the 30th of June 2023, but there was a letter saying that this will be extended of one year until 20, uh, 30th of June 2024. And now there is a thing because of the EU that has um, issued an extension also of its uh, certificates. Now the UK is also moving their uh, extension uh, or their uh, timeline for uh, saying that CE mark will be allowed in the UK until uh, 30th of June uh, 2028 for 
AI MDD and MDD uh, certificates uh, for until 30th of June 2030 for IVDD valid certificates and until 30th of June 2030 for MDR and IVDR certificates. So if you have you are in this, in this situation, then you can have still an extension for your products in the market. You still need a UK responsible person. You still need to register your products within the UK MHRA database but you have still the right to sell your products in the market even if you are still CEMR. so no need to move immediately to UKCA. Really listen to the episode of next week because we talk a lot about also should you move now to UKCA, uh, which notified body to use, what are the rules, etc. So I think it will be really a great episode if you are really looking for information on the UK, uh, UKCA. Okay, next week, so May 8th, we are starting the, um, the Green Belt certification program, uh, so the training for EU MDR. So don't hesitate to register now. You have still a few days to register. Uh, the ID mainly is during five days, I will teach you everything about the EU MDR. We include inside also all the changes that happened within the last month. So you'll see any uh, all the updates on timelines, all the updates on the information that uh, are provided. And during one week, you can ask me any question you want. Uh, we'll have some live sessions, so one hour, one hour and a half. I just put a bit more time because each time I'm extending a bit more uh, from the hour. So one hour and a half per day where we will be looking at all the aspects of each topic. So the day one will go for general overview of the UMDR, significant changes, uh, all those timelines. Uh, day number two will go for economic operators and PLC. Day number three will go for uh, classification, uh, qualification as a medical device, uh, certification with notified body. Uh, day four will go more technical overview with technical files, clinical evaluation, uh, quality management system, etc. And day five will go for UDAMED and UDI. And we'll even visit UDI I will visit you, Damed, with you and explain to you how to create a UDI, a UDI number. And then after that, you'll get a certificate, uh, I mean, an exam uh, to test your knowledge. And if you pass with the 80%, then you get your uh, certificate that you can show to everyone to say <laughs> you are certified. Um, great. So yeah, don't hesitate to register now. Uh, the link is on the show notes. Uh, then you will have access uh, to that from Monday uh, next week. Okay, what is happening now in the rest of the world? So we start with the USA. So in the USA, we have uh, draft guidances. So you know that with the software as medical devices, there are a lot of guidances that are issued. Now we have draft guidances on predetermined change control plan for artificial intelligence and uh, machine learning software. So uh, this is a guidance that is explaining to you how to do a predetermined change, how to apply that and how to inform the, uh, the, the US FDA about that. So the guidance is available on the show notes, so don't hesitate to look at that if you are on this uh, case. Okay, again, for USA, we have also a pilot program that was issued by the US, which is the Radiation Sterilization Master File Pilot Program. So if you are also changing uh, some of your sterilization aspect to um, eth uh, ethylene oxide, uh, to um, radiation, so um, to gamma radiation also. So this will help you. Um, it's change of sterilization sites, for example, change of sterilization method or other processes. So then you can use this method to do that. And they do that mainly because there will be, apparently there are, a lot of changes that are happening there. So they wanted to make a program available for companies that are already applying this change without having too much disruption within their, their supply chain there. Okay, now we go to Australia. So Australia, um, and as we talked about that, a lot of software as medical devices. So now how can you register a software as medical device in Australia? Is my software as medical device a medical device in Australia? What is the classification of uh, my software? So there is a frequently asked question that were uh, issued by the Australian uh, regulation, uh, Australian TGA. Uh, there will be also explaining how TGA will be uh, regulating softwares. Um, there are also two fact sheets uh, that are issued, which is uh, 
advertising uh, software as medical device uh, for professionals and also for consumers. So uh, you can also go and check those two uh, fact sheets um, that will be helping you also to, uh, to go on that way. Because advertise, be careful really on advertising of software. I have a lot of companies that are contacting me because an authority uh, looked at their website and find out that their vocabulary used is really medical device while they are not claiming to be a medical regulated by medical device uh, regulation so it's really important because even the authorities are looking at that or somebody tells them to look at that so you have also those stories that happen are happening uh, so be careful of what you are saying on your website what you are claiming and if you don't have any proof of it so you cannot say it okay china now um so when you go to China, uh, people think that there is one way to do the things, but no, there is many ways. And what is good with China is that they are breaking down the rules for registering medical devices for each type of product. So you have a lot of guidances if you are, for example, uh, what do you have here? Uh, nitric oxide therapy device, or if you are a stent device, or if you are intracranial coil device so they are breaking that down for many of the different types of devices which means that they are explaining exactly for this type of device here is exactly how you have to do to register your device in china so what i have placed on the show notes is the list of all the guidances and you have the number of the guidances with uh, their names so that you can see if your device is there and if you want to go to china then use this guidance to see exactly what the authorities are looking for when you are trying to register these products in china so don't miss that if you are really targeting China. Okay, we talked about notified body in Europe, notified body in UK. Now let's talk about notified body in India. So India issued a list of all the notified bodies that are available in India. So I counted and there are 13 available now. We have some well-known ones that are also in Europe, like Intertech India, Tuve Rhineland India, Tuve Sud India, DNV GI India, UL India. So, but you have also some Indian notified bodies that have nothing to do with, with any of the, the big names that we know in Europe. So if you want also to check who, which notified bodies can be used for the registration of your device in India, then uh, those uh, are listed here and you can go on the show notes to check that. Um, so the process is, um, not the same as in Europe. I mean, the India is trying really to copy a lot of what Europe is doing, so the process is not the same. So you, you have really to check how to register your products in India. There are a lot of different rules. You have also to have an authorized representative that is an importer there. So you have a lot of uh, activities to do. So use some consulting groups also in India for that, but also uh, try to identify the right notified body for, for you. Okay, we have a news from the Caribbean or I don't know. So Mexico, Colombia and Cuba um, have signed the Acapulco Declaration for the creation of the regulatory agency for medicine and medical devices of Latin America and the Caribbean. AMLAC, A-M-L-A-C, uh, which is mainly an agency that will be trying to help this region to um, get more support in their, in their healthcare system. So um, they are also expecting that other health agencies will be following them, which is uh, Argentina, Brazil, and Chile, uh, which are inv invited to this initiative. Uh, and this is a strategy to implement that the health self-sufficiency uh, plan designated by the economic operators for Latin America and the Caribbean. So mainly this was also coming due to the um, situation for during the pandemic, where uh, a lot of areas were, didn't have really a system that was helping them. So here it's how can we be self-sufficient to provide to our patients uh, all the, the medical devices or drugs maybe that are needed for uh, for them. So this is a good initiative. I don't know exactly where it will be going, but it 
was worth just to mention that and uh, tell you that this is exciting. So if you hear about M Mlac, Amlac in French, <laughs> then you know that this is a Latin American Caribbean uh, organization for the medical device and medicine product uh, 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 um, uh, regulatory agency, sorry. Okay, now Saudi Arabia. So Saudi Arabia, as usual, and it's great, I like that, they are issuing a lot of webinars. Uh, so we have two new webinars that will be issued for the following days. One is uh, May 9th, so Tuesday next week. We have the guidance on the medical device classification. So it's a webinar on how to classify a medical device in Saudi Arabia. And on May 22nd, we have the product stabilization requirements for medical devices also. And as usual, you go there, there is a click here and you click here to uh, open uh, the, 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 the meeting. Remember it's in Saudi Arabia, so it's the Middle East time. So when you see it sometimes, so don't forget this is the Middle East time. So it's not just your time, it's not uh, any time zone. Uh, so when the time comes, when um, you see that the time comes, so just click on the link and then you normally arrive to the, uh, to the, to the webinar. Okay, podcast. What's uh, what was the situation within the podcast, uh, our podcast industry? So episode 20, 227, we talked about a, f a soup. What is a soup for your software development uh, with Christian Kastner from um, Medical Device HQ? So a soup is software of unknown provenance. So mainly when you are developing some uh, software and you are using some soup software of unknown provenance, how you are managing that? So Christian is really explaining to us all of this within their uh, this podcast. Uh, podcast. Uh, so it's really important for you to understand that this is existing first so that you know what it is and to know exactly how to validate such uh, software for you. So many the objectives, not few, maybe as regulator, but to know that so that you can guide your uh, design team that they are developing this kind of, uh, of, 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 of software. Episode 228. Um, prepare your audit like a pro with Karandeep Badwal. Uh, so mainly we discuss with Karandeep about uh, all types of audits, how to prepare for an audit, what is really the rules, uh, tips, uh, tricks, uh, situation that can happen also. So I think um, if you are planning for an audit, even an internal audit, have this uh, discussion, uh, have this review of the podcast and also share that also with your team and have this discussion with your team also about how to normally execute an audit. There are many methodologies. We are using the methodology of backroom, frontroom. We are also talking about mock audit, mock inspections to verify that you are already unannounced for an announced audit, for example. So a lot of discussion there. So don't hesitate to look at that. And don't hesitate also to have a procedure for how to prepare for an audit, how to um, maybe test that your uh, audit system is working well also. Episode 229, transition to agile for software as medical devices. So we talked with the company Iron Rooster, uh, where we had a discussion about uh, transition to agile. For example, we have a lot of companies that are in the hardware business that are manufacturing some pumps or some, so, some, some um, machines. And now they are adding to their portfolio some software. And the idea here is that, okay, you move to software, there is this agile methodology that is also applicable for hardware, but how you move to the agile also for software and how you make this transition, what are the tips. This company is mainly helping other companies to uh, be compliant for the software uh, development. So don't hesitate also to go to them if you need any, any support. Okay, it's the end of this review. So it was really a pleasure. Don't hesitate that, don't uh, hesitate to contact also Easy Medical Device if you need any support for uh, your company. Support as a consulting, because we have uh, some uh, consultants that can help you uh, to create your quality management system, to uh, create your technical file, to be compliant to UMDR, to discuss with your 
notified body i mean or to contact your not notified body uh, also as an authorized representative we are helping uh, a lot about, about that also um, we are also in contact with a lot of laboratories so if you need also some support for emc tests or animal study or whatever so you can also uh, talk to us if you need a clinical evaluation report we can help you anything that is quality and regulatory affairs for medical devices we can help you so don't hesitate to contact us also okay it was really a pleasure for me to uh, give you this update don't hesitate to go on the show notes all the links are there uh, and then you can bookmark them don't hesitate also to use that um, episode the monthly episode uh, for your management review because maybe some information should be included inside your management review so don't hesitate to uh, gather those information and make a gap assessment to your uh, quality and regulatory affairs system to verify if there is any change that is also needed okay so it was really a pleasure thank you very much and i wish you a nice day Thanks for listening. So if you like this episode, please provide a review on the platform where you are listening to it. And also don't forget to share it with your colleagues. Thank you very much.